You're listening to Someone Like Me, an RTE Junior production, with thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. My name is Connell and I go to Galway Educate Together National School. I'm the narrator for Someone Like Me, so when you hear my voice, I'm going to be telling you jokes and giving you fun facts and wellness tips. Welcome to Someone Like Me. My name is Kate Brennan Harding. I wanted to create a show for kids and young people who might be seen as a little bit different. The idea is really cool. I chose kids from all over Ireland and then I found adults who are just like them. Who knows, perhaps you'll listen and you'll find someone like you. I remember when I was a kid, I felt really different sometimes and I wished I could see more people like me on the TV or hear them on the radio. So now that I'm a grown-up and I make radio programmes, I can help others and show that all our differences are actually superpowers. Have you a superpower? I bet you do. Over the coming weeks, we have lots of episodes hosted by kids from all over Ireland. This week's episode is hosted by Sophie, who's from Bray, County Wicklow. Sophie has autism. What is autism? Here's Caelan Handley with a quick explainer. Autism is a way of thinking and seeing the world differently. Lots of people are autistic. It's something that's passed on to you from your mum or your dad, like red hair or blue eyes. Sometimes being autistic is difficult because we feel so many things at once, which is scary. It can also be sad and lonely sometimes because people make fun of us for acting differently. Which is really silly because we just speak a different language like some people speak French and some people speak Spanish. But autism is also an amazing thing too because it means that we notice all the little details that others miss. We can always see the beauty in the world around us and that makes us very happy. Being autistic also makes us super good at our jobs because we really enjoy learning about the things we love and can focus on them for hours. We love sharing our world with you and can't wait to welcome you in. Thanks, Caelan. Time now for the main part of the show. It's time for Sophie Doyle to take over Someone Like Me. Here she is. Hello and welcome to this episode of Someone Like Me. My name is Sophie and I'm nine years old. I live in Bray, County Wicklow with my mum and dad. Bray is a seaside town and I love spending time by the beach, collecting cool stones and shells feeding the swans and going for a paddle or swim, even when it's very cold. I love animals, especially cats. I have two cats of my own, called Ducky and Poppy. Poppy's a bit unusual because she only has three legs. When I grow up, I would like to be a vet or maybe an astronaut. Because I'm very interested in space too. When I'm not in school, I like to spend time outside, playing with Lego or drawing. I also love Harry Potter. There is something that makes me different from some of my friends. I am autistic. Autism is when your brain works slightly differently than other people. It makes some things easier and some things harder. I have a brilliant memory and I'm great at noticing small details and changes. My mom and dad say I have super senses because I can smell things that others can't and I can notice sounds that are very quiet. I'm here with someone like me. Would you like to introduce yourself, Kaylin? Hi, Sophie. Yeah, I'm Kaylin, and I'm an autistic filmmaker, and I'm 25. I've been working in the industry for about four or five years now, and I'm loving it. What was your life like when you were my age? So when I was your age, this was back in about 2006, so things were very different. Um, I was in third class too, and um, I had just gotten my monkey called John, who became my support um item kind of thing when I was little and I would carry him around everywhere and I still have him. My granny actually him a jumper that says John on it. So he's pride a place in my bedroom right now and he still goes away on holidays with me sometimes because he calms me down. And what else did I do? We had our dog called Harry 
um, and I named him after Harry Potter because I was allowed <laughs> to name him. And Harry Potter was a big part of my life, loved it, still do. And we went to Italy that year, which I found really interesting because when we went, I have this thing where I don't like getting my picture taken. And that was when I figured out why it was the eye contact. I couldn't make eye contact with the camera and I found it really stressful and I got really um, anxious about it. But because we we're in a hot country, I had sunglasses all, all the time and I realized that with my sunglasses on, you couldn't see my eyes. So I could look anywhere I wanted to. So then I was okay. And then I just wanted to wear my sunglasses all the time because it took the pressure off yeah. for photos. Well, here's my next question. While your hobbies, mm-hmm. do you still have the same hobbies now? So yes and no. So when I was nine, I actually started playing hockey for the first time, which uh, I played hockey for eight years. Then I stopped when I was 16. And it was really interesting because um, I, I wasn't diagnosed with anything when I was little, but I know now that I have, I'm obviously autistic, but I also have severe dyspraxia. So I'm very, very clumsy. So I was on the floor an awful lot at hockey, but I still loved it. And then I had to stop because I've got, I've got very bad knees. That's why I stopped when I was 16. But then I also did things like baking all the time, which I still do now, uh, watching TV shows, which I still do now in films. And when I was little, I would climb trees all the time. And you you couldn't ever get me down from them. And I would read a book up there. I'd climb up and I'd sit in the tree and I'd stay there for hours quite happily, which you can't really do that as an adult. <laughs> so what I do now is um, something called bouldering, which is rock climbing, but you don't wear a harness. So I used to do that all the time before the pandemic. But I used to go to an indoor place in Sandyford called The Wall. But obviously it's not safe right now. So I haven't been in a couple of years. I used to play hockey um, a while back mm-hmm. and I was always on the ground too. I have a special thing in my knees that they can... I'm hypermobile in my legs, so... So am I. I call them my banana legs because they look a bit like a banana when I stand up. Here's my next question. What did you want to be when you grew up? So, my grandma always loves telling everyone this story. Since the age of about two years old, if you ask me what do you want to be when you grow up, Caelan, I always said an artist and a mammy. I'm not a mammy yet, but I, I still want that. But I like to think that I am an artist. Um, I've, when I was about 12, I dabbled with, oh, maybe photography. Um, and then I thought maybe animation. And I actually did work experience in a couple of animation studios as well as uh, like a post-production house. So they do all the editing of films and things like that. And I realized that as, love, as much as I love animation, I don't have patience. <laughs> so it's not for me. So I went down the filmmaking route and I actually started making my own films when I was about 12 using my dad's camera. I want to be a vet or maybe an astronaut when I grow up. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Do you have any, um, I know you like Lego, do you have any Lego uh, space stuff? Um, no, but I want to get some. Yeah, my dad loves space. It's his new special interest mm-hmm. lately. And he, for Christmas, got a space shuttle rocket. And it's the one from 1969. So there's 1,969 oh, pieces in it, which I think is pretty yeah. cool. It takes a long time to build though. It actually, he, he, see, he's like me. He hyper-focused on it and he got it done in about a week, I think. My friend got one with less mm-hmm. pieces and it only took, and it took like seven months. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is tricky. Yeah. It's really fiddly. Before I moved to my autism mm-hmm. class, I used to find school really hard. The classroom was too busy and noisy for me. Sometimes I used to get upset and I'd run out of the classroom or hide under the table. I wouldn't be involved. I just couldn't cope. Sometimes I felt different from the others in my class. Did you feel different from other kids when you were my age? I did, yeah. I always knew that I was different from when I was very, very little, but I didn't understand why. So I thought that there was something wrong with me and I thought that I was broken. 
and I was really scared about that and I felt really lonely a lot of the time because I felt like people didn't understand me but now that I know I'm autistic I know that I'm not broken and that autism is an amazing thing and I know that I just my brain just is wired differently it's not that it's broken it's just I speak a different language the way some people speak French and some speak people speak English you know and I love being autistic now but when I was little I, w I would do the same as you and I actually still do now if I get overwhelmed the floor is my safe space so I would just roll under a desk and just kind of stay there for a little bit and in college I would actually tell people look if you're looking for me just look down I'm probably under the chair somewhere or under the table and you know you can come chill with me if you want <laughs> I'm just taking a breather and they, and they were fine with that. I used to be like that. It's a nice place it's nice and quiet and calm and it's a bit darker as well which I like when you're under something. Here's my next question. I love animals and my cats are always there for me when I'm feeling bad. Do you have any pets? Do they help you feel better? So we had our dog Harry sadly he died a few years ago but he was a great help growing up for me because I used to be able to I don't I don't really like people hugging me too much but I hugged Harry all the time and he used to kind of lie on me as well which really helped I liked the sensation of someone being on me which is why now I have a lap pad on me that's weighted and now we have two rescue dogs called Roxy and Sprout so Sprout is three and Roxy is two and they're both a mess and we love them for it <laughs> but they're great again because they both love their cuddles and they love to curl up on your lap especially in the winter so it's really mm -hmm. great for me my cat my cat Poppy's always like that she only has three legs but she's really heavy and like when I'm lying down but she sleeps <laughs> like right on my face <laughs> lovely <laughs> also sometimes annoying I found out I'm autistic when I was seven would you like to have found out about autism when you were my age so that's a bit of a tricky one because when I found out I was autistic it was one of the best days of my life and my life has only been getting better and better ever since but the thing is, when I was your age, it was 2006 and things were very, very different. So people thought that autism was a really bad thing back then and they didn't they didn't understand it. And they thought that autistic people, you know, they couldn't love and they couldn't have jobs and they couldn't do all these things. So I think that if I was diagnosed when I in 2006, I would have been limited in what I could do because I don't think people would have believed in me and I don't think they would have given me opportunities. But if I was your age today in 2022, I would 100% want to know that I'm autistic because there's so many of the supports out there and people know that it's a good thing now, you know, and they're learning more every day. So I would definitely want to know now if I was born when you were born that I'm autistic and that's an amazing thing. Okay, next question. What difference does it make now that you know you're autistic? So it makes a huge difference because, as I said, when I was little, I thought that I was broken and I thought that I was broken for the first 20 years of my life, which is a very long time. But now that I know that I'm autistic, it's like I don't have to pretend to be someone else anymore. I finally know who I am and I'm happy being who I am. So I've got so much more energy because I don't have to mask anymore. I do. I still have to mask a little bit, but not nearly as much. And I'm also able to help myself more. Like I have all these fidgets around me. I figured out what ones I like and what ones I don't like. I'm experimenting with different sensory things like the lap pad and quieter rooms or darker tinted glasses or polarized glasses, things like that. So it's basically I've accepted myself for who I am. And because of that, I've thrived in life, in work, in relationships, everywhere. 
it's been the best thing ever. I have my little scentsy toy here. Oh, that's a cool one. I like the sound of it. It's um, is that kinetic sand? It's actually little pearl clay beads. Oh, we had those when I was little. Mm-hmm. Last from the past there. I was never allowed to play with them because I always forgot about them and they'd get stuck to my clothes and then the clothes were destroyed in the washing machine. So it <laughs> didn't go well. Have you ever been to a sensory room? So I haven't been to one officially, but I know what they are. And looking back growing up, I basically built myself sensory rooms all the time. I call them dens, but my fa- my favorite one was in my wardrobe. So I would go into the narrowest part of my wardrobe and I'd shut the door and I had... So I was in the complete darkness, but I had these planets I made out of paper with loads of glitter on them. And I had my torch. So I would shine the torch on the on the glitter to see all the sparkles and how the light looked. And it was really quiet because it, I was in a wardrobe in my room. And I would stay in there for hours with my favorite teddies, with a book, with my torch. And I was very happy in there. <laughs> I used to build myself dens under my beds because I have like a bunk bed mm-hmm. that has oh like perfect no underneath so like ever since mm-hmm. my communion I, i've had like a tv under there so i put like blankets on the side of mm-hmm. my bed and i hide under it watching my tv that's perfect we used it we have uh we used to have a holiday house in wexford so we had bunk beds there so i would tie uh like curtains like i would tie the blankets to the side of the bunk bed as well and i would mm-hmm. hide in there with all of my cushions and all my teddies and i'd bring snacks and books and I would chill out there for hours. And if you were a very good friend to me, I would let you in for a little bit as well. But you have to be quiet. <laughs> I'm really good at noticing small details and changes. Are you? I am. So, and it helps me out <laughs> all the time. Like, remember I was saying I played hockey. Uh, it actually helped me a lot because, uh, so I play defender. And when you're in that position, you have to defend the goal, obviously. But you also have to mark someone on the other team and not let them out of your sight and not let them get the ball and I was really good at that because I didn't need to see them to know where they were because I could hear the little sound changes and I could see their shadow on the ground and I noticed the way the sand moved when they were near me so I was noticing all these little things so I didn't need to look at them once but I knew instantly where they were in relation to me and nobody could ever get away from me and they all found it very annoying but my team loved it because it meant that that forward was out of action essentially they couldn't go anywhere And now it really helps me in work because I notice all the little things that need to be done. Like um, there's actually a role for that. I I don't do it. I did it in college a bit called continuity, which is where somebody sits there watching everything in each take. And if something's done wrong, they tell you. So if somebody's holding the pen differently than in the first take or if it's the wrong color or something like that, they tell you Mm -hmm. and you have to fix that. So it all looks good at the end. So that's really good. And then. I do a lot of paperwork and spreadsheets and things like that. And I can see instantly where something's gone wrong and I can fix it. And it takes other people a longer time to find that mistake. It's like I watch like behind the scenes and I will, and I on YouTube, <laughs> I watch um, like YouTubers who see things that have gone wrong. And I love watching them. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Do you know, that's how I got into filmmaking. I used to watch, there was a thing called Doctor Who Confidential, which is basically the behind the scenes. They'd show the Doctor Who episode and then straight away they'd show how they made that episode on Confidential. And I loved it. So I started watching all of those and then I watched all the behind the scenes documentaries for all my DVDs. And that's how I got into filmmaking. And I still do it now. I'll, I'll watch the film and then I'll watch all the behind the scenes. I'll listen to the audio commentary and then I'll watch the film again and I'll try to remember everything that I learned and spot it all. So they can see how they yeah, made the film. So cool. Does being autistic help you good at your job? Definitely. So 
a story I always like to tell people is when you give me the right accommodations, it means that I can work super fast. And there was one time I did a job, I was only meant to be there for a week. And on my first day, they gave me a list of everything to do. So I was like, great. And I sat down, I did the list and then I finished and I had my lunch and I went back to them after lunch. They said, okay, I finished that list. What's next? And they said, what do you mean? What's next? That was the work for the week. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I finished it now. So they had to keep giving me more work because I just blasted through it because I was having so much fun and I loved <laughs> what I was doing. So the hyper-focus is amazing for me. <laughs> Why would you like to change for, for just people like us in Ireland? So there's a few things I'd like to change. I think a big problem is people don't really understand autism yet. And what they do know about autism is all about kind of what boys with autism look like. <laughs> And that's why it's it's very difficult for girls to get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of us are only getting diagnosed as an adult. And that's a problem with, you know, healthcare services and doctors and nurses. But it's also a problem in society because people don't think that we need supports. And they also they're not very kind to us. They just think that we're, you know, if they don't understand autism, they think, oh, you're just a freak or you're you're weird or this, which we're not. And it's also, you know, if we are a little bit different, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm in a really good position to change it because I'm a filmmaker. So my mission in life now is to make lots of films about autistic people where autistic people are actually writing it. And in particular, talking to autistic women or autistic people of color or autistic people from like um, working class backgrounds, mm -hmm. things like that, where it's much dif more difficult to get a diagnosis because you don't see it on the, on the telly. You only see kind of small boys with autism or things like Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory, which you probably haven't seen it no, yet because you're a little young. But, <laughs> oh, you have? Yeah, so, like, obviously there are people like Sheldon out there, but it's not all of us, you know? There's there's a, the autism spectrum. People think that it's just, like, like light red mm -hmm. to dark red, like very autistic to not very mm -hmm. autistic at all. But really the spectrum is all the colours in the rainbow. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of us out there and none of us are the same and, like, I would, people would say that I'm high functioning, but when I'm struggling, I need a lot of support, you know, and there's some areas that I, I need a lot of help with still. Like even, um, like the hyper-focusing is fantastic, but the flip side of that is I forget to eat. So my mom will have to come in and say, you haven't eaten or, or drunk any water all day. You need to go eat now. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's a thing that humans need to do. <laughs> so, but it is something that I'm, I'm fighting for at work this representation and I'll actually show you now I'm wearing a t-shirt that I wear at work all the time that says I am absolutely fabulously autistic darling mm -hmm. and I wear that to to start the conversation because people they don't they don't know if it's okay to ask and I say yeah I'm autistic and this is what I mean mm -hmm. it means to me and I have um a little bag of all my um all my fidget toys that I bring to work as well or I'll have them on a bowl in my on my desk and I say to people if you want to take a fidget have a go at it this is why I use them and at first, they're a little bit scared too, or they think, oh, it's just a toy. They're just for kids. And then they try them and they're like, and they find the one that's right for them. And their whole demeanor changes and they're like, oh, oh, this is very nice. I'm like, it is nice, isn't it? <laughs> so, and they love it. And I've actually bought people toys, fidget toys as presents at the end of jobs. And they've been delighted with them. And they've been asking, where can I buy more? And they've been really loving it. And I've actually had people come to me at work and then who've messaged me online because I'm quite vocal about being autistic online now to say I've been listening to you and I think I'm autistic mm -hmm. because they've realized by seeing somebody like them by seeing a female autistic out there 
that that's what autism can look like too. And they've said to me, I thought that I was just broken. I thought that I was just weird. You know, I thought it was something I just had to deal with alone. But now I realize I'm autistic. And I always say to them, welcome. It's fantastic, <laughs> you know? And I give them books to read and I give them videos to watch. And I tell them, you know, if you want to get diagnosed, which you don't have to, here, here's how to go about it. But if not, we fully accept self-diagnosis because we know that not everyone can afford to be tested. So welcome to the club. We're very happy to have you. Enjoy. Time for me to come back in the room. Sophie, Kaylin, that was absolutely amazing. I was glued to the conversation and I'm sure listeners everywhere have learned something today. Sophie, I'm going to catch up with you in just a minute. Kaylin, thank you so much for taking part today in Someone Like Me. Have you anything else you'd like to say to Sophie? Uh, I just want to say to Sophie that what you're doing is a really brave and amazing thing and I think that if I had seen you on the radio when I was your age, I would have thought that it was so cool. And I still think it's so cool. And it would have made me very, very happy. And I've told my friends and family what I'm doing today. And they all think you are an amazing and really cool little girl. And they're very happy to see you flying the pride flag like that for all the autistic kids out there. So I think you should give yourself a big well done and treat yourself to your favourite food or your favourite stimmy happy dance because you've earned it. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for being someone like me. Fun fact! Albert Einstein, who some people say may have had ASD, once said, Everyone is a genius, but if we judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking that it is stupid. This quote shows that we shouldn't judge everyone from standardised set of rules. Well, Sophie, what was that like interviewing someone like you? It was quite nice. I just felt really happy that um, someone feels the same. It's something else, isn't it? When you get to hear or see or talk to somebody that is a little bit like you. Yeah, it really is. What was your favourite thing about making someone like me? Well, my favourite thing was just knowing that that's how other people feel and it's just like me. That's just magic to hear from Sophie. Thank you so much to Sophie Doyle and Kaylin Handley for taking part in this episode of Someone Like Me. We'll be back next week with a brand new host. Thanks for listening to Someone Like Me, an RTE Junior production with thanks to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Hooray! Yay! Yay!